podcast where two friends and theatre directors delve into plays and talk text and it's your first bonus episode of season three bonus, we're so generous bonus, aren't we bonus 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 Just bonus bonus, <laughs> bonus bonus that's the great a audio effects i'm putting in there <laughs> all the editing skills in this podcast <laughs> and what is our bonus episode we have meg today we are talking to play publisher george spender from salamander street very excited. So George mm. and Salamander Street are the um, driving force behind the publication of Little Women, which we just talked about in our first episode of season three. Go back and mm-hmm. check it out if you haven't already. Mm. And we're going to find out all about play publishing because I'll be honest, Meg, it's not a it's not a field I've, I've ever really, until we started doing this podcast, gave massive thought to. I knew, yeah, same. I knew that it happened because obviously, how do I buy my playtexts? But I never gave much thought to the process of it. So I'm really excited to talk to George and get the lowdown and the skinny. Mm. Mm, it'll be really interesting. Something new for our listeners as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, George Spender is the founder and publisher of Salamander Street. He was previously editorial director at Oberon Books, where he published hundreds of playwrights, including Duncan Macmillan, Robert Icke, uh, Len Cisse, Simon Stone, Laura Wade, Tanika Gupta, Scotty, Vani Norris and Alice Birch, and performance groups Action Hero, Rash Dash, Forest Fringe and Entrower End Goed. He was publications editor at Edinburgh International Festival, where he founded Salamander Street, and currently works for Bristol Old Vic Theatre School in the marketing department. As a freelance editor, he has also worked for Faber and Faber and Bloomsbury. So a lot of the names you associate there with play publishing, George has uh, worked with. So he's a man to go to. Yeah. So we are going to, I think, just delve straight into this, Meg, shall we? Let's do it. Let's welcome George and find out all about the world of play publishing. George, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. You are our first play publisher, and it's an honour to have you, and you're doing some amazing work with Salmon Street, and we can't wait to talk all about it. Yeah, can't wait to tell you about it. I'm always amazed, I'm always amazed anyone's interested. Oh, <laughs> no, Meg and I have just been saying, we know actually very little about the process, and so really want to find out as much as possible, as hopefully our lovely, eager scripties will. So... What is your job in one sentence? I produce, edit, print, distribute, sell, and otherwise make available play texts and books about theatre. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that sounds... What a small-scale job that sounds. That sounds like it's no big at all. That's just like one little thing you do then, really. I was, was going to say I'm like a play midwife and I deliver them into the world. That's gorgeous. Let's go with that metaphor. That is beautiful. <laughs> um, what does being a play publisher consist of? Uh, I'd love to say it's just lounging around reading all the time. And it's uh, that that is a part of it, but it's quite a small part of it. I mean, I do, <clears throat> apart from finding the work and agreeing to do it, we have to edit, typeset, proofread, distribute, to bookshops, um, do all the kind of bibliographic data that means it ends up on Amazon. And um, 
and other and other websites. <laughs> and other websites, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like producing a show, and you know, making the show is one part of it, but you've also got to market and sell it. It's a huge job when you think about it. Yeah, mm. lots of hours sat in front of laptops and computers. Yeah, exactly. I know my because I have a job, I have a day job as well at Bristol Old Vic Theatre School, so I kind of close the work laptop and then open the fun laptop oh wow (laughs) so what is the most exciting part of a job then for you i think it would be seeing the career progression of the playwrights get to work Mm. with i through oberon i you know i got to meet all these amazing people and mm. see them in pub theatres and you know a few years later they're on at the National or Broadway or the Royal Court so I remember going to see Many Moons by Alice Birch mm-hmm. at Theatre 503 we'd just done the script and um, me and a colleague and Alice's agent Giles Smart United Agents were all walking along afterwards being like I think she's gonna she's gonna be a big deal and you know she goes on to be Alex Bird. Be Alex Bird. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't need really any more than that, does yeah. it? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's you know, that's the that's the best bit of it, you know, seeing people do well and continue to develop as writers and you know, mm. experiment and get successful. It's it's great. And I guess with you kind of running Salamander Street now and having your own kind of stable of writers, which are purely your babies, then and you have even more ownership and investment in that if like you're the ones who are showing them to the world, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Oberon was amazing, but it, it had got to a point it was so big. Mm. You were constantly managing art, like artists and plays, and it was, it was just a lot. So, you know, this opportunity to kind of do things again and... Yeah, it's it's my own. It's, it's it's great. Yeah, it's like you're you're getting more of that passionate side of it that you were talking about before in terms of nurturing kind of new talent, seeing that progression. Because imagine once you like hit the top of Oberon, you're probably well, you're dealing with like the same kind of authors, playwrights, and things. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I was I had a really broad range of people, and I really mm. loved it. But I, you know, was exhausting because it was mm. so many. Mm. My last year there, I think we did like 150 plays total, which is crazy to think about. That's absolutely insane. Um, You must have so many playwrights approaching you and wanting you to read their scripts, wanting you to publish their scripts. What kind of factors do you take into account when you decide which ones to go forward with? I have never, ever been able to eloquently answer this question. I wish... I wish there was a magic, um, here's what I'm looking for and here's what I'm not. But I find I have, you know, I have to send sort of apologies to people mm. who, are still, who are still waiting for answers on me because it doesn't necessarily mean it's a no, it means I haven't, I just haven't had the time or headspace to get to it yet. I, I don't think I'm a kind of natural play reader, despite my of the last 10 years I think I have to be in quite a specific mood to really get into them and fully appreciate them and you know that that comes and goes but I I, 
Yeah, I, I don't really have a good answer for this. I tried, <laughs> I tried to prep some really clever, eloquent answer. <laughs> it's fine. Clever, eloquent answers go out the window on this podcast when me and Meg are going on. <laughs> they do. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's not what we're known for. So. <laughs> I, I always thought this was a drunk episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, have you heard the drunk episode? <laughs> that was one of the funniest nights I've had. I don't Definitely remember did. the last half an hour of that night. Yeah, I mean, neither can I. But... <laughs> no, this would not. Frankly, this is why we're doing a middle of the day yeah. recording. <laughs> if you'll have me back, maybe we can do a drunk episode. So Hell yes. <laughs> and then we'll find out what you really look for in a play. Give <laughs> really away all your secrets. <laughs> so, technically speaking, then, what are some of the stages of getting a play? published what's that thought process you've got someone going i'm gonna do this one what then happens Mm -hmm. i wrote this down so there's the submission phase and the acceptance phase you know saying we're gonna do it uh then i will send the writer an offer on their work so lay out an advance and royalties and all the aspects of the deal advances in play publishing are obviously single figures almost like enough to buy a nice takeaway maybe uh, after that, you know, we move to contract, we do a little contract agree the terms. We will ask the writer to go over their manuscript and make sure it's finalised because the amount of times I've spent like, oh, no, we forgot to put full stops in or something like that. It's time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do typesetting and proofreading and input any author revisions. Then we'll go to press. I've got a really good short-run printer in Essex called Four Edge that I work with a lot and have been working with for years. And uh, When the files are with them, I'll get sent cover proofs and I'll check image quality. I'll make sure we haven't done anything terrible with the text and completely missed mm. something important. Uh, once I approve those, then it's about a week or two when they, they are delivered from the printer and then we start selling them. Um, so... <gasps> All this kind of scheduling and data and letting the book trade know that it exists and promoting it and marketing it. So, yeah, all these different stages to get through. God, there's so much to it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a whole kind of, well, I guess it's like anything. It's, there's all this stuff under the surface that you don't really consider until you're yeah. having to do it. Yeah, we just kind of think, oh, you know, you see a play and then it's published the next day. No, that's not. <laughs> it's like any show just doesn't just get put on. Um, so this that was obviously a process that you went through with uh, Little Women as well. So that was the play that we talked about in the first episode of this season. Um, what drew you to that play? I had been looking for a reason to work with Fixing Wigs for a while, seeing some of their work and really really liked it and mm. and um I think Chris Brett Bailey told me about this one because we were it was on at Manchester home yeah and mm. then it was going to go to the Pleasance and of course play, play <laughs> <laughs> it was it was actually the, it was the last show I saw before the lockdown oh, wow. I, drove, I drove to Manchester and back in one day to go and see it and <sighs> nice that was yeah that was when oh this this covid thing seems like it's <laughs> really taking off yeah and here we are <laughs> I, I, I had no i had no idea it would be the last theater i'd see for a year 
Um, it was made even better by the fact that the couple sitting in front of me clearly absolutely hated it. And <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I love that. I love and that so much. Really, really restless. They were really restless. They wanted to keep on getting, they, like one of them kept on trying to leave and his girlfriend was pushing him down and they would talk, they were talking throughout it. <laughs> I just couldn't, yeah, I was like really curious as to how they, how it ended up there. Yeah. That's kind of amazing that it was the last play you saw and then here we are. It must be nearly a year later, is it? Yeah. And you're publishing the script in a couple of weeks. Like, Yeah. That's so cool. That's what a nice little circle. Yeah, everything in yeah. its place. I had a few meetings with them. I met the figs in Brockley, South London, last time I was, probably the last time I was in London, yeah. And we talked about design and kind of what they wanted to do and they mentioned bringing their friend on board to design it, which was Kaya, who has done the most incredible. Ah. I can't, I can't really take any kind of credit for the creative design of it. That was all the figs and Kaya was like, just do, just go, yeah, just go wild. And That's so cool though. I did, I, I obviously completely wonder about that because as we wax lyrical on in the episode about is the format and style is something so new in terms of publishing and play scripts it's not traditional text it's in pictures it's got uh giant fonts there's colors there's it really brings a whole concept and you get such a sense of the figs from the style of it so that was all designed by someone like as a piece of art almost and then sent to you as a finished pdf yeah yeah pdf ready for printing um it's that that sort of unusual design has been my interest over the last 10 years you know I, mm. I think the first kind of artist I published who sat outside the traditional playwright model was um Brian LaBelle and we did mm. a script of his called Ball and other funny stories about cancer and that was you know kind of the one one person show it's got additional little extras in it that wouldn't usually be in a play script and we sort of ran with that and more and more people started getting in touch um I don't know if you've seen one I think one of the best books in this vein is the collected performance pieces by Action Hero who are oh I've not come across that yeah oh you you should I'd love you to do an episode on that duly noted writing it down the collective it's called it's called action plans and it's selected performances by action hero and that that is you know in the same kind of model as figs book it's oh fab diagrams and each show is kind of put together in a different way so it all yeah it to make this kind of publishing work it has to have the artist involved at the Mm. at the centre of it it can't just be here's a word doc Mm. do you think maybe the future of play publication is kind of going in that direction in terms of bringing art forms into the text as well yeah i i I hope so i mean it it seems seems mad that it you know oh enter stage left and yeah directions and that's it you know when it's such a visual medium Mm. And it can be quite hard to read a play and imagine what it can be. So I, I, I think this way, this way, students can imagine their own readers. Mm. Readers can sort of almost see the show. It's um, 
it's got to be a kind of intersection of words and diagrams and images and footnotes and other other bits and pieces like that to make it make it more like mm. like a like a show itself you know it's not just playwrights words it's I think it's so much more interesting and especially it's nice that you uh, said students there as well because that's something that we touched on on the episode as well is how texts like this would they really excite us adults who are in the industry because you imagine what they would do to students mm-hmm. like kids that were doing A-level English or something like that is just seeing the magic of theatre on a page especially if, if you are kids who can't get to see live theatre as much seeing it on the page must just be amazing. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I get a real thrill when I hear books I've done are on university reading lists or uh, mm. school reading lists. So, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I, I hope we can do more and more of these. I have a few kind of in the works that I'm Ooh. excited for. Tidbits. Well, there. I'll, I'll finish that question. Of, um, what What is next for Salamander Street? You've got a, a great roster of plays building up now. And what What does the future hold? I've I've got a few illustrated plays coming out. Um, working with artists like Rachel Young, um, mm. a show called Night Clubbing, which will be really good. There's something in the works from Kim Noble, who's a great performance artist. I'm mm. trying to get something off ground with him for ages i've also got three books coming out i'm really excited about like proper oh tell us us. yeah like i want to fill the space between dry academic textbook and 800 page tom stoppard hardback biography because i feel like there's so much kind of so many interesting ideas going on in theater and performance right now that aren't getting put in book form because there's nowhere quite for them. So I've got these three books that I can't wait to bring out. Uh, One in September's with Dan Hutton of Barrel Organ. Oh, nice. He's written a book called Towards the Civic Theatre, which is a sort of manifesto called to arms of where we've gone wrong and how we can Mm. rebuild post-pandemic and be more civically engaged and the way we can change theatre to be more accepting of audiences. Fantastic. Love that. Um, So I'll send you a copy when it's uh, ready. You spoil us. (laughs) The final corrections through, um, which I'm doing after this. Second book in September as well is with a musical theatre director called Adam Lenson. Ah, well, yes, Adam Lenson's a babe. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Don't think he knows I love his work, but yes. <laughs> he did a book called Breaking Into Song, Why You Shouldn't Hate Musicals, which is... I, I don't know if you, there was some Telegraph article the other day that was like, here's why I hate musicals. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't say, here's why I hate books or here's why I hate paintings or art. You know? So true. Mm. And there's so many topics of interest in musical theatre going on that wrestles with, you know, whether to abandon the term musical theatre altogether and go with gig theatre or other, you know. Wow. Genre, whether to try and reclaim it from, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's of the world and you've the new work. So, you know, Adam's just the most incredible, eloquent writer about just art in general. He's, he's fantastic. So, yeah, can't wait for you to read that. 
And third book, because um, the company was founded in Scotland, and I've a real interest in Scottish drama and performance. And there's one venue in particular that has such an important place in the history of Scottish theatre, and that's um, a Glasgow venue called The Arches, which is now yeah. sadly shut down, but you know played host to early work from you know, Kieran Hurley, Gary McNair, Julia Tordevin, um, Jackie Wiley, who now runs National Theatre of Scotland. She was artistic director, as was Andy Arnold, who's at the Tron now. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, people like Kieran Hurley were working the cloakroom and taking tickets um, and developing their own work there. And this, this book is called Brickwork, um, A Biography of the Arches, and it's written by two former employees there, um, Kirsten Eines and David Bratch Peace, who are really writing in a kind of oral history slash biography um, of the venue and everyone who performed there. And you know, it was it was a nightclub as well. So all these kind of influential DJs played there as well. I think it was the first place in Europe Daft Punk played, for instance. What? Yeah, so there's, what? All these, there's all these interesting stories and I I'm I love I don't know about you, I love reading biographies about mm. theatres I love Joyce, Joyce McMillan's done a great one about the Traverse and there's National Theatre Story and there's all these other great works that I'm just I find the most interesting things to read so I'm, I'm hoping to do more kind of books about theatre history and I'd love to do one about the Arcola or the Yard mm. these kind of in, interesting venues that make up the work that we all we all love i reckon there's stories to tell so yeah that's what i've got coming out that sounds amazing mm. and yeah i love that you say about the stories to tell and it sounds like salamander street is going to be vital in telling a wide variety of them plays books about theater bios you've got it all covered man thanks yeah well it's been it's been fun it's been keeping me busy during lockdown we all love keeping busy during lockdown. <laughs> that's all we can ask for <laughs> George, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really helpful and really fun. Such an insight into play publishing. Love, love what you're doing on the podcast. Too. Thank you. <laughs> Where can people find out more about Salamander Street? What, they, what socials should they be following you on? All the info. What do they need to be doing? Because you need to be following these guys. Seriously, you need to be all over Salamander Street and the amazing work they're bringing out from lots of new writing. So get on it. Where do they need to go? We are on all the usual Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can check out our website at salamanderstreet.com. Do it. That's an order, Scripties. <laughs> Thank you, George, and hopefully we'll see you for a drunk episode in the future. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I loved that. It was great. It's like we said before in the intro, Like it's just something I know nothing about. Well, I do yeah. now. We do now. <laughs> and I think they're really, George and Salamander Street are going to be really interesting to follow. It seems like they're doing amazing work already and they've only just started. And it's one of those things where you know it happens, but you don't, I don't think play publishers get enough love and a lo- enough of a shout yeah, out for definitely. all the work they're doing for the industry. Because ha- like I say, how would we find out about these plays? How would we all easily get access to them if they weren't play publishers? Well, so it wouldn't happen, would it? 
big love, big, big two thumbs way up in the air for all play publishers for the incredible work you do to keep theatre among us, especially during these times where it's a little bit more tricksy. Mm -hmm. We're going to be back on Wednesday, guys, with a brand new episode looking at Noughts and Crosses, the Mallory Blackman book, which has been adapted by Sabrina Mafuz for our episode two. In the meantime, find us on socials. You know the deets. We're on at uh, Script in Hand Pod, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us at scriptinhandpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at LexiW99. And me, underscore Meg, underscore Robinson. We have no stage directions, so I think you'll have to make one up, Meg. What, in the episode? Yeah, you have to fake stage directions. Okay. What, what, what just happened? Okay, I've got one, I've got one. As Meg angrily gives eyes to the people talking outside the window while she's trying to record a podcast episode. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you.